0: Ephesians chapter one is our focus this morning. Will be in a few moments. Something I noticed this morning while we were singing. You might have noticed it too. Uh, I've been, and of course I do this quite a bit, uh, I pay attention to the, the scripture that, uh, seems to be the inspiration for the hymn that we, we do. And if you'll notice, the first song that we sang, America the Beautiful, uh, is inspired by Psalm uh, 3312. Well, the one we just sang has got the same inspiration. Psalm 3312. <clears throat> Point to be made here as we begin, uh, today is that Kathleen Bates, who did America the Beautiful, and what Sam Smith, Samuel E. Smith, F. Smith, excuse me, my country tis of E, We're speaking in physical terms towards spiritual realities. And sometimes we get, and we found this out in Bible study uh, today, and I'll probably be beating this drum quite a bit. Uh, We get hung up in the physical and don't consider the spiritual, and it's the spiritual to which we're aiming. So we might look back at the words we just sang, and we say, well, gee, that, that... didn't really happen. That's, you know, no tears here. You got to be kidding. We got all kinds of tears going on right now. Uh, Tears in our personal lives, uh, tears in our country's life, etc. And it's going on and on and on. Uh, Well, we're not talking about those tears, are we? We're talking about when we're with him, there'll be no tears. There'll be no uh, anguish. There'll be no, and so on. And so Making that transfer in our thought, in our minds, from physical to spiritual, uh, is usually one of the greatest stumbling blocks, uh, that we have. But here again, beautiful, patriotic songs. We sing these every year. We sing them Fourth of July. We sing them, uh, on Memorial Day. We sing them on, well, Veterans Day tomorrow. Uh, we're singing them now. Uh, and they have a wonderful message. And the message is when we are with him, the Lord, when we turn our lives over to him, then these physical unrealities can become spiritual realities. Isn't that a marvelous thought? Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful thought? Let's pray together. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this day We ask that as we remember our veterans and uh, that by extension that goes to personal or first responders and those kinds of people, people that are willing to to put themselves out there for others, uh, that uh, we continually and continuously focus (coughs) upon you. So we thank you and we praise you for who you are and what you are to us. And we ask that you guide us in our thoughts today, even as we, we wave the flag and, and, uh, we, we thank you, God, uh, for our faithful, uh, military, uh, today, uh, as we go forward in Jesus name. Amen. Now I read this last year and I'll probably read it every year, uh, that I have the opportunity to do it. Uh, but this is Veterans Day. And so it's always good to, Define the words. And so I have a definition for the word veteran. And some of you will remember from last year. Uh, this is what a veteran is. A veteran, if it was in the dictionary, it's a noun. That's, that's what it is. Uh, it names a, th- a thing, a something. And this is what a veteran is. A person who wrote a blank check. Got the words? Payable to the United States of America for an amount of of up to and including one's life. Now think about that for a moment. I mean in its in its furthest degree, that's that's exactly true. Now the two veterans in the room were both in Vietnam. Uh, they were in a situation, we were, Joe and I, not together but nearly at the same time, I think, if I remember right, uh, we were in a situation which we call in harm's way. That's a wonderful little uh, phrase that we use now. Uh, and there was that possibility that we might have to to pay the, the full check in, li- in one's life. And there's many hundreds, thousands uh, that have done so. You know, I I personally know about Vietnam, so I can talk about it. Uh, I read about Afghanistan. I've never been. Uh, I've never been to Syria. I've never been to the, some of the places that we see in the news today, because those are the hot spots of the world today in the regard of our people being in harm's way. Uh, even in the last uh, few weeks, there have been United States military people that have given their lives, including one's life, fulfilling the definition for the word veteran. Fulfilling the word uh, for the definition of the word veteran. I saw a published prayer, and I'm going to read it to you, uh, for veterans. And I'd like you to think about it as I read it, uh, Maybe take a couple of those phrases and put those into your daily prayers today uh, as we prepare ourselves tomorrow uh, for Veterans Day. A prayer for our veterans. I'm reading uh, from the text. O God, our Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with brave men and women who are willing to defend our freedom. Think now of the definition I just gave you. May your protection and grace surround them each day your god's protection and grace let your healing hand be upon those who suffer wounds and injury may those who have made the ultimate sacrifice rest forever in your holy presence comfort the families of those who mourn and are left to remember the precious lives of their loved ones help us to honor and support them let us ever be mindful of each sacrifice made on behalf of of the American people, by our sons, daughters, and husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, and friends. And I say, in Jesus' name, Amen. I added the in Jesus' name. Whoever wrote this didn't have it there, so I wanted to be clear about that. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I'm going to, as I give the points and as I am want to do, I'm going to make physical applications to the spiritual points because I want us to see in relationship to what we're celebrating today, and that's uh, Veterans Day, uh, how that, how that looks in its tarnished form, uh, in the physical realm. Uh, (coughs) and when things are perfect on earth, huh, when will that be? when things are perfect on earth, this is the way they would look. I have to say, and I, I should have looked it up and, so I could quote it, but our Bible study that we're doing now, going through, uh, it's called a brief survey of the Bible, uh, and we're going through that in short, slow term time, uh The, one of the, one of the speakers, one of the teachers began by saying that the star of this book is God. It's not David. It's not Abraham. It's not Mary. And we're coming into the, uh, Christmas season. And we're going to get married to death. Uh, I will marry you, M-A-R-Y, you, uh, to some degree during the month of December. Uh, we get Joseph, and we get wise men, and we get, and so on. We have all of those. We have all of those quote minor players to God's story, and it's making that transfer from the spiritual to the physical, or actually from the physical to the spiritual. I guess I should say that we have the trouble. Why? Because this is where we live. We live in the physical. We live in the physical. So when, a, when somebody says kingdom, let's see, well, kingdom, well, they have a kingdom or a queendom in, in England. They still have a queen. And so we, we think in terms of the physical things. We think physical and not spiritual. God is spirit, Scripture tells us. We read that. We believe that. If I asked you a quiz question, is God spirit? Your answer would be, you know, you get a yes or no answer and you bubble in the yes, don't you? I think so. Uh, well, what does it mean that God is Spirit? And sometimes we have a difficult time uh, getting there. Uh, we're going to pledge allegiance to the flag at the end of the service today, which is something that I don't think we've ever done. But we're going to do it today. I have the flag here for us to do it, uh, and uh, we have a spe- so we have a special ending to our message today that speaks here once again. I want you to focus your mind on everything that I say that has that spiritual connotation. I want you to stretch it over to the physical, the spiritual, from physical to spiritual, physical to spiritual. (laughs) Ephesians chapter one says this, beginning in verse nine. God has told us. The secret reason for sending Christ. I'm reading from the Living Bible right now. A plan he decided on in mercy long ago. Now we know from previous studies that the plan of salvation was laid at the foundations of the earth. When God's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He had that plan in his hand. And I'm talking physically now so we can understand what we're talking about. Did he actually have a physical hand with four fingers and a thumb? And it, we don't want to go there. Okay. But the plan of salvation was part of the creation. It was part of the creation. So he had his secret reason for sending Christ. A plan he decided on in mercy long ago. Think about in mercy. What does mercy mean? And this was his purpose. That when the time was ripe or... When the, when the fullness of time came, he will gather us all together from wherever we are in heaven or on earth to be with him in Christ forever. Hmm. And what do we think about when we read those words? But we think about, well, let's see. The last time I saw like thousands and thousands of people all together happened to be at one of the rallies they saw on television. I, I won't mention the name of the rally because I don't want you... You know, we don't want political spies to take away our tax-exempt status. Oh, that can't be happening anymore. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. There we go. He will gather us all together in heaven and on earth to be with him in Christ forever. Moreover, because of what Christ has done, we have become gifts to God that he delights in. For as part of God's sovereign plan, we were chosen from the beginning to be his. Think back to the beginning. Well, if we go back to the beginning, we get back where? To Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. The creation verses uh, that we read. In the beginning, God created Adam, Eve, and so on. From the beginning, all things happened just as he decided long ago. God's purpose in this was that we should praise God and give glory to him for doing these mighty things for us, who were the first to trust in Christ. And because of what Christ did, all you others too, that means you and I, uh, who heard the good news about how we were saved uh, and trusted Christ, were marked as belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the focus of our message today, who long ago had been promised to all of us Christians. His presence within us is God's guarantee that he really will give us all that he has promised. And the Spirit's seal upon us means that God has already purchased us and that he guarantees to bring us to himself. This is just one more reason for us to praise our glorious God. Now, when Jesus in the upper room, and I shared with this to you, shared this with you last week. When Jesus was in the upper room, John chapter 14, he told his disciples, I'm going and I'm going to send someone to be with you forever. And that is the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the names of the Holy Spirit and some of his jobs. And we're going to be talking about some of those functions uh, today. And I'm going to explain some of those functions in a military way. Because we all understand the physical military, or at least to the point uh, that most of us uh, will. And I will probably embellish in a couple of areas. Uh, but I want you to see what this does for us. What this what this provides for us. And as our Bible teacher in our Bible study, not me, but the, the speaker, and I have to admit I don't remember his name right offhand, has told us that God is the central character here. And so when I and we're coming up to Christmas again and so I know when I read the Christmas story and Joseph just disappears off the face of the earth. We don't know where he went. That stepfather Joseph daddy to Jesus. Uh I don't I don't I'm hoping this year that I won't concern myself too much about where he go. Did he fall off a roof? Did he, you know what happened to poor Joe? Joseph, got a, we have a Joe in the room, so Joseph, he never answers to Joseph, so I can do that, and I'm not pointing my fingers at him, but there you are, <clears throat> and there's other people, well, what happened to this person the, the next day, you know, it's almost like you come to the end of the movie, and you wonder what happens to some of those people that are standing around, you know, did they live happily ever after, along with the star and the and the, the co-star? Well, the star is the Lord Jesus Christ, and all of the co-star, all of the, all of the supporting players are you, are us, all of us, including Mary, including Joseph, including David, incl- including Adam, including. Etc. Etc. Et Supporting players—that's what they are. The star of this story is the Lord, and the Lord is in three persons, and we know that the three persons are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we've learned—we know already what the function of of the Son is, and the Son provided his physical function by coming and dwelling with us for those 33 years and then going to the cross for us. And we'll talk more about that come March and April. And so I don't want to steal my thunder from there. Uh, But we know about, we pretty know about what God had in mind for Christ. Uh, And so now we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is with us now. It's the Holy Spirit that indwells us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us unction to pray, uh, that reminds us of who we are in relationship to God. Because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit provides us with the opportunity to love the world as we would, as we're demanded to love when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is love. The you know, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. Long suffering. <laughs> you got to be joking me about the long suffering, but there you go. So we talk today about the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with a promised Holy Spirit. Sealed, King James says, He's sealed. And I just read the scripture from which it comes. Ephesians chapter one, sealed. Now, what does sealed mean? Nothing back to the days in which uh, they didn't lick the back of the, the the envelope and seal it closed. They sealed it with they sealed it with wax and a ring, and you didn't, you know, and it wasn't it couldn't be broken, but it should not be. You could tell if it was violated. So, and it wasn't broken. It isn't broken. And that's what that sealing is. That's the purpose of the sealing is to keep it, to keep it pure, unblemished, unread, so it can't be leaked to the press. Oh, that was a political statement. Uh and so on. That's what that sealing is talked about. You're sealed with what? The promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised. John chapter 14. We talked about that road already when Jesus was getting ready to do what? To go to the garden. To pray for the cup to be removed. To go to the trials that that night and into the morning. When he went to be beaten. When he went in all of that business that follows Passion Week. That's when the promise occurred. Which is the guarantee. Guarantee. What's a guarantee? A guarantee is a promise that if whatever... I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to do it. And unfortunately, when we promise, promise isn't a good synonym anymore because promise, promises are easily broken. But when we go to the word in its, in its original form, in its original intent, guarantee isn't broken. And seeing in the physical sense, that's not even true today because you can You have a guarantee for something and if the company uh, thinks they have a legal loophole around giving you what you deserve according to the guarantee, they're going to work it. And so in your mind, not in their mind, but in your mind, the guarantee was broken. They promised this and they didn't give this. I'm going to give a personal example. When Shirley graduated from college, and got her teaching credential, there was a guarantee that her student loans would be forgiven, or at least to a portion forgiven, if she happened to work in what they considered an underprivileged, uh, what's the term? Low socioeconomic. Low social. Isn't that sweet? We don't, we don't want to say poor, do we? Low socioeconomic community. Well, that happened to be... <laughs> Guess what? Where guess where we live? Uh, and she taught in Coachella. Well, this happened, and this happened, and the other thing happened, and then come to find out that that even though she spent her entire teaching career, she retired from the Coachella Valley Unified School District, which is one of those low socioeconomic. Finish it. Socioeconomic. Social. Socio. Socio. Socio economic districts they did not forgive her anything she owed she owes the full boat and she and that's been a albatross around our necks for a long time but anyway we felt and today we still feel that somebody lied to somebody and we got stuck with it we got stuck with the bill now I'm not here to ask you to shed a tear for us. I'm using that as an example for a guarantee isn't a guarantee in the physical world. But in the spiritual world, what God promised comes true. If I say it's going to happen, thus saith the Lord, it's going to happen. Jesus promised that he's going to send a spirit that will be with you forever. So you're in many ways you are in heaven on earth even right now. Right? What did I do? Nothing. Nothing. Oh good. I saw that look and okay. But let's talk about now uh, the Holy Spirit and get to the what we're going to talk about. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the seal of God's ownership. We're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, the seal is a sign of the ownership. That's that idea. There's that ownership. Paul declares that the gift of the Spirit that comes in the moment of conversion is a specific sign indicating God's ownership of us as individuals. This includes all that we are and all that we ever will be and have in what he says in Romans chapter 12, that our reasonable sacrifice is to be slaves to him. And with slaves is a bad word. That's a very bad political word today. Uh, And uh, well, I'm sorry, but that's the word that has to be used. Uh, And we are slaves to him. I will live my life as God. I'll even say another bad word. Dictates that life to me. Now, how does that translate to Veterans Day? Oh, that one, that was easy. Uh, I went through a very rigorous thing called recruit training or boot camp. S- some people used a three-letter word or four-letter word that started with H. Uh, and I actually spent my 18th birthday there. What a birthday present. First day I ran the ab- obstacle course was on my 18th birthday. And I was asking myself, what did I sign? What did I pledge allegiance to? I'm not quite sure. <clears throat> but during the course of that training, and and I'm sure that Joe can, can relate to that as well, I I didn't go through Army recruit training. I went through Marine Corps recruit training. So I can only speak firsthand about what I have displayed for you this morning. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, and there it is. And uh, sorry about that, Joe. Uh, I would have worn an Army tie, but then that, I would have been out of uniform. I couldn't wear an Army tie. When, when, you, when Jim Arnold comes again, you'll have to ask him why I can't wear an Army tie. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> during the course of our military training, be we Marine Corps, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, And anyone that I can't remember to mention right now, that training is rigorous enough that the mission of that particular military organization is going to be fulfilled in you, in us. And that means that I'm going to live my life the way the Marine Corps has dictated that life, the way the Army has dictated that life uh, to Joe, and our success in the military is really, in large measure, measured upon our ability to do exactly that. Now, from a physical standpoint, and we'll set aside God's forgiveness and all of that. Military doesn't forgive very well. Uh, you know, you step out of line, and they really do slap your wrist. Uh, but it, but it, it. Our military career is based upon how well we obey those regulations. The 11 general orders for uh, interior guard. To quit my post only when properly relieved is the way that first one goes. And Joe knows that as well as I do because it's the same for both of us. To quit my post only when properly relieved. And I'll tell you right now that no matter what job that I'm doing... That law, that rule, that that way of life has been instilled in me to the point that I don't leave. Just because it's time to punch out, if I don't feel that I'm properly finished or properly relieved from leaving my post, I don't go. Or I'm very reluctant to go. That's living the life. Now, how does that translate spiritually? Well, we'll use the Ten Commandments because they're easy. Uh, they're easy in this way. <clears throat> that we get tempted by doing certain things and we, we can rationalize the situation uh, to the point that we go ahead and do them anyway and then we have to spend what time tomorrow on our knees confessing to God. Whoops, sorry about that. And God forgives. That's true. But it, but that's the point we're making, because if I'm to live the spiritual life, and people say, well, you know, people will know that I'm a Christian by the way that I live my life, or the way I walk, the way I walk. People see, they just see me. It just exudes, like my overpowering aftershave. He, oh, yeah, there's a Christian for sure. <coughs> well, I do know that when I return the dollar, that was given to me in overchange, that people look at me and wonder, what's wrong with this guy? That's the first thought. But every once in a while they think, well, well, thank you for being an honest person. Well, why am I an honest person? Well, God has, has suggested to me that I shouldn't steal. And if I'm taking something that doesn't belong to me, that's stealing. Well, they gave it to me, so I didn't really steal it. I didn't stick my hand in the cash register and take that dollar bill out of there. That woman gave it to me. Oh well, too bad lady, you know, or sir, or whoever's at the cash register. That's the idea. That's, that living by the rules, living by the rules, the seal is the ownership. The Marine Corps owned me for the years that I served. I went to Okinawa not because I wanted to get away from my year-and-a-half-year-old marriage of a wife and my brand-new son, Martin Robert. Uh, He had just been born. I told you that last week. Uh, He was born in August, and I was in Okinawa the end of September in the same year and gone for a year. That wasn't my idea, but the Marine Corps said... And all Martin could say was, yes sir. And there it is. And that in a way, when you think about it, is our relationship to God. Not in, not in that rigorous sense, but because God has given me the opportunity for living my life in a certain way, that's exactly what I should do. <coughs> and that's exactly what I will do to the very best of my ability ten commandments no problem no other gods before before him don't say bad words don't use his name in vain worship him above all others don't get don't bow down to a graven image etc etc don't steal i gave the the dime the doll the the dime the dollar the quarter whatever it might be back to the clerk I didn't take the apple because nobody was looking, uh, et You know, all of that. I don't lie most of the time, oh, but you got the idea. There it is, the seal of ownership. The Holy Spirit is a mark by which we're identified as children of God. And what is the mark? The mark is living the life, it's walking the walk. It's not just coming here on Sunday. Well, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. I throw a buck or two in the box and hey, yeah, I'm a Christian in good standing. You better believe it. And then what do we do on Monday? God's brand on us is inward and spiritual. Some people tattoo themselves. My brother was a Marine as well. And he has a tattoo on his body that says I was a Marine or I am a Marine or whatever it is. Uh, I'm tattoo-less. I just never saw the need for inking my body. I've been trying to wash the ink off my fingers, you know. And when, when the back in the day when they just invented ballpoint or yeah, ballpoint pens, and that ink just had a way of leaking out around the seals. Anybody remember that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, oh, you're all in the same. Yeah, right. Almost. God's brand on us is inward and spiritual. It's inward, but it shows out. It shows out. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we require possession to it. And we have that possession to the praise of his glory. Holy Spirit is God's earnest money. Earnest money. What's earnest money? That's when you say, well, yeah, I want this property. Here's a thousand dollars until I can arrange everything and get the loan at the bank so that I can give you all of your money. And, and guess what the earnest money says? That no matter, no matter what, unless the bank can't give me the loan, I'm buying your house. You, it, consider it sold. And that's when they put a shroud over the, the, the for sale sign that's in the, because they know it's sold. And then you hear that it's fallen out of escrow. Why is it fallen out of escrow? Usually because you couldn't get the loan. Then you might get the earnest money back. Might, depending on how the contract was written, how the guarantee. Oh, we did that part already. So earnest, you got that idea of earnest. The Holy Spirit is God's, we could say, kind of first installment on us. Jesus went to the cross And by going to the cross, he forgave us our sins. Excuse me. And in forgiving us our sins, he did what? He sent, he has that comforter that came to us. So that's something that Jesus or God has tangibly given us. He's given that to us as what is that? And that leads to what? It leads to the promise that he's made that you're going to be with me forever that's a word we throw around and physically it means nothing there is no such thing as forever in physical life none there isn't there isn't (coughs) even my Lincoln even my town I don't even like to talk about the fact that it might one day break down to the point that I can't use it anymore you know about my town car right Okay. so there we are God's guarantee that he'll complete his work in us. Won't it be wonderful? What's the completed work? What I no longer have to wrestle with. Should I give back the dime or keep it? Should I take the apple nobody can see me or not? Should I? Whatever. Should I? The Holy Spirit is an aid to us in our prayer life. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is there ready and willing. As your mind Begins to look to God. God is there. He is there immediately. That's that instantaneous visitation right that we all have. How is it possible for all ten of us? I think it's ten. I counted earlier. Nobody slipped in. Uh, That all ten of us can call on God at the same time and have private audience with Him. That's what it says. I have private audience with God. So you guys just wait. Wait your turn. There's no waiting your turn. God's waiting for you. He's waiting for all of us. He's waiting for all of us. Holy Spirit invites us into the throne room of the Father. When we're willing to set aside that fleshly desire, God is there. Immediately there. And we'll help you through. By the work of the Holy Spirit, we're built into the temple of the Lord. And I'm not sure that we have to to go much further than that. And militarily, here's that transfer again. This one transfers so very easily. By the work of the Holy Spirit, we're built into the temple of the Lord. We become, the longer you spend in the military... (coughs) the more conscientious you are to do what the God called the commandant or the general of the army uh, asks of you, uh, the more you become exactly what he would have you to be. We thought it was so wonderful. They called us everything under the sun in recruit training. And I, won't, I most of it I can't repeat here. I shouldn't repeat anywhere. I mean, it's some really bad stuff. (coughs) Never once, never once did my drill instructor ever call me a Marine. Until I walked across the graduation stage. When I walked across the graduation stage, my senior drill instructor was right over here. And he took my hand and he said, welcome, United States Marine." that I'd successfully gone through and proved myself to be, I could actually now run the obstacle course and not fall into the pit on my birthday. But, uh, I'll go there another day. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure the same thing or a similar thing happened uh, with Joe and his recruit training. I'm quite positive. No, I'm not. <clears throat> that his drill instructor didn't have flattering things to say about him until the end of it. Am I right, Joe? Oh, sure. Uh, Oh, sure. (laughs) Uh, I love that enthusiasm. I love it. It's just just so great. Okay. The Holy Spirit is there to help us to build into the temple of the Lord, to be like him, to be like him, to be Christ-like. And how do we do that? Well, to live the life. To to show love. To show the compassion that we need to show. To be the lovely person that he would have us to be. The Holy Spirit is eager to strengthen each of us in the inner person. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you strengthened might through which his Holy Spirit takes care of the inner man. Strength of the body. Strength of the mind, strength of the inner person. Strength of the inner person, notice I said that last. Because it's it's the other two, it's that as we begin to do those things, that the inner man makes that change, makes that transition from the physical to the spiritual. How often can we say automatically when something occurs, that I say, well, what would Jesus have me to do? Do you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, talk to him. He'll give you an answer. It's not wait until you get into the soup. It's not waiting until you actually fall into the pit and you wonder how to get out of the pit. The bottomless pit. It's how do I avoid the pit completely? And that takes, that's, that's the work. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. In the military, uh, that's what the command structure is about. That's why the sergeant knows more than the private most of the time. And the private has learned that he needs to rely upon the sergeant. And the sergeant needs to rely upon the master sergeant. And the master sergeant never relies upon the second lieutenant. And I know I got that right. Because a second lieutenant is like a private, only he's an officer with a college degree. That's just the way it is. You know. Now, when he gets to be a captain or a major, by that time, he's like a master sergeant. And he actually might know something. Holy Spirit knows it all. You want to know it all? You got it. You've got to know it all right at your disposal every moment of every day. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's God. God knows everything. God's perfect. There's only one perfect, and that's God. And in the triune God, that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Strength of the inner person. Strength in the inner person. Last week, was it last week? I guess it was. or Maybe ten days ago. Uh, Shirley showed me something on her device. I don't have a device, by the way. I have a flip phone. And it does two things. It doesn't do a very good job of taking pictures. And it works as a phone. Whoa, isn't that a neat thing? Uh, her device does all kinds of things. And she brought... Red Skelton up on the screen, and Red Skelton spoke to me, just as if I was watching him live, live on television. <coughs> Does that make sense? Live on. Te- do you know who Red Skelton is or was? You do, don't you? Think back. Come on, work on it. Well, Red Skelton recited the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, <coughs> and I'm going to read for you. Uh, the way he read that. And and the reason that I like it so much is because this is kind of the theme that he uses uh, for the uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, the American flag, <coughs> is paying attention to the words. And I, I've been beating you to death with that as you sing the hymns of the faith. Do you really believe what you just sang? You've heard me say that over and over again. And so often, we have these things that we've memorized, and we don't even pay attention to them anymore. We just close our minds, and we push a button, almost like turning on the cassette recorder. And if it's set right, it just automatically plays whatever it was that you programmed it to, to do. And the cassette recorder doesn't get any benefit from it whatsoever. That's you. That's me. As we... Just close our eyes and think about what I'm having for lunch, our Father who art in heaven, how, I don't know if I'll have mustard or mayonnaise, that kind of, that idea. That's the condition we are in, unfortunately, sometimes, when we have things memorized in such a way that we no longer can hear the words that we're speaking. And this is what he said. We've just finished reciting the pledge. He's talking about what his middle school teacher taught him. And he says, The Pledge of Allegiance all semester it seems it has become monotonous to you. Or it could be you don't understand the meaning of each word. Or if I may, I would like to recite the pledge and give you a definition for each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worthly good to give without self-pity. Allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, old glory, a symbol of courage. And whatever she waves, there is respect because of your loyalty uh, has given her a dignity that shouts freedom, Is everybody's job. Of the united. That means we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have unified into 48, now 50 states of individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided by imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common cause. And that's love of country. Of America. And to the republic, a republic, a sovereign state in which power is invested into the representatives chosen by the people to govern. And the government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, meaning so blessed by God, under God, indivisible, incapable Of being divided. I'm going to pause right here. And say. Don't pay attention to what's going on today. That's what it's supposed to be. Indivisible. With liberty. Which is freedom. The right of power. For one to live his own life without fear. Threats. Or any sort of retaliation. And justice. The principle and qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. That means boys, girls. It's as much your country as it is mine. It's everyone's country. For all. That is his breakdown of the pledge. And Then he goes on to say. Now let us hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to recite the pledge. And I want you to think about what I just read for you. I want you to consider each of those words as you say them from your rote memory today. So let's stand. (coughs) And with that, everyone said, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Let's remain standing. We're going to pray. Perhaps as we consider that which we have just done, we might more closely consider what we as citizens can do to make that not a verbal reality, but a physical reality. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as you've enveloped us with your Holy Spirit, we just ask that he continually provide the gentle pressure that needs that needs to be there in order that we can do what you would have us to do. That we might live up to what you have expected of us. Let us, like the military physical examples of living the life of the military person, let us live up to being that member, that soldier in the army of God Uh, which is the rhetoric we use today, uh, representative of exactly who we are, and that's yours. And for this, we give thanks and praise this day and every day. And we thank you so much for those that are willing to serve to keep our country free. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you have a little insert in your bulletin. God bless America. It wasn't in the hymnal, so whenever we sing this, we're going to have to have a little insert.